You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello there and welcome to Locked On Suns, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Kellen Olson, your host of Locked On Suns. There's no Eddie today or tomorrow. Eddie House is a very busy man, if you do not know. So uh, every now and then I'm going to have to fill in someone. And today I've got Dave King back on the program from Bright Side of the Sun. How are you doing today, Dave? Good, good. Thanks for having me on, Kellen. Uh, sorry in advance, everybody, that I'm not Eddie. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure <clears throat> I'm sure with Eddie's emergence <laughs> on Twitter now, there are a couple of people at least that are looking for Eddie today. No Eddie today or tomorrow, but you can go back a couple of episodes. We've had about two weeks of programming so far, and we've had a lot of uh, discussions that really hold up still, which isn't going to be the case during the regular season, of course, but uh, since it is uh, leading up to the season, you should be good. To find those, you can go on iTunes and look up Locked on Suns. You can find that link to subscribe to us by going to our Twitter page. That's at LockedOnPHXSuns, and you can follow us there, and I tweet out every episode a couple of uh, times a day. And there's also the subscribe link in the bio, like I said, and you can follow me and Eddie there. And then Dave is at, at Dave King NBA. He writes for BrightSideOfTheSun.com, of course, which also is home to our episodes every day. Today's topic is going to be a thing that might come up for this team is a lack of offense, which is surprising considering how many players they have on their team, especially last year, that were offense first and defense second. But when you look at the team outside of the three guards, there's a surprising lack of offense, and that comes with the two forward spots. P.J. Tucker and Jared Dudley appear to be the two forwards locked in starting, and then specifically at small forward position, P.J. Tucker, if he is back from injury and good to go for the opener, which he might be according to the latest reports from Paul Coro in the past couple of days, then he will be ready to go. But the, the argument there is is that Jared Dudley and P.J. Tucker sort of play the same role on the floor while T.J. Warren sort of gives you a little bit more offense. Do you see them sticking with, or what are your first, your overall thoughts on those two starting at forward? Uh, the the tandem of, of Tucker and Dudley starting at forward? Yeah, yeah. That's the question? Yeah. So what uh, we were talking about this a little bit ago, and uh, I just, they're Two of uh, basically the same player. Uh, Tucker's a much better rebounder than Dudley, but otherwise, offensively, they space the floor. So if you're looking for a couple of guys to stand each corner on offense and allow Bledsoe and Knight and Booker uh, to create offense going down the middle and, and potentially setting up Tyson Chandler's uh, um, dive to the rim lanes, then, then maybe you're a fan of this. Uh, they can hold their own defensively for sure. I know Dudley is a little bit undersized for power forward defense, but you can always put P.J. Tucker on the more physical guy and Dudley mm-hmm. on the more finesse guy that's in the lineup and, and do constant switching. The thing about the Suns this year is going to be that there's not going to be 100% power forward, 100% small forward, 100% center all the time. They're going to switch uh, and, uh, or, and or just match up against the guy they best match up with in a lineup. And so... Uh, there's a lot of that going to be going on. So if you do start those two, you would have the ability to put P.J. on the more physical one, no matter how big he is, and uh, Dudley on the more finesse guy. But offensively, if all you're looking for is the spacing, great, put those two out there. But I'm not in love with it. I like the idea of a T.J. Warren with uh, with Jared Dudley out there on the front line or 
with a Marquise Chris with P.J. Tucker. And if you just don't start P.J. Tucker and you bring T.J. Warren in the starting lineup, then you get those two pairings. And I think those two pairings could help each other. And and the other side of this is on the bench, you don't necessarily want Marquise Chris and T.J. Warren both in the same bench or running the same bench minutes in the early yeah. second and early fourth quarters uh, because they neither of them can defend anything right now. So um, as far as pairings, I really don't like Dudley and Tucker together because of all the other implications down the road. Yeah, T.J. Warren has been one of the most difficult players to evaluate for the Suns and I know Devin Booker got the votes from the GMs for the most likely breakout candidate, and I think that's more on a more national scale. But if you're looking at just the team, I don't think it's going to be surprising if Devin Booker averages like 18 points, 20 points a game or whatever, considering what we saw last year. But T.J. Warren is much more of a mystery and could break out because, <clears throat> remember, in his rookie season, he only played half the games, really, and it was one of those things where he was just trying to find his way into the rotation. And then last year, of course... He came into a much more defined role coming off the bench, scoring, uh, hitting open threes, which he was doing. Remember, he shot 40% on one and a half attempts a game, but then he missed the rest of the season with season-ending foot surgery. So he has missed 77 games in his past two seasons, which are his only two seasons. So we have yet to see him play more than 50 games in a season, let alone an entire season. And that's not saying that he's inconsistent or anything. It's saying we really don't know the type of player he is in terms of outside of his scoring game. Is he going to be able to hit those corner threes as consistently as he did at the start of last season? Can he actually be an average defender now? Because you, you did mention that him and Chris together, that adds up to a negative on defense. And I definitely agree. And that was one of TJ's weaknesses coming out of the draft. But it is year three for him. And we have seen him look a step or two quicker. Remember that awesome dunk he had against the Spurs in preseason? That was kind of like a whoa TJ has that in this game. Yeah, he he jumped higher than anybody else on the team right there. Yeah, definitely. But <clears throat> like you said, uh, the ad the math just doesn't really add up there to Dudley and Tucker if you're looking for like a complete offense and especially the symmetry with Brandon Knight, Chris, and Warren coming off the bench together um, at a lot of points. I think we could even see something like. Uh, Chris playing some five and then Warren playing some four and then the three guards rolling together, uh, which is something we've seen the three guards playing together and Warren playing the power forward at least. But yeah, I think there's going to, yeah, you know, um, we've, they have played a little, sorry, I was just going to go off of that. uh, three guards with Warren at power forward for a sec. We have seen that a little bit in the preseason. It has been effective as a change up lineup for sure. I'm not sure you want to run with that on a regular basis or for any extended minutes, and not not just because the other team will put big guys out there and 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 grab all the rebounds, but really TJ is not a power forward. Uh, he can spot at power forward just like maybe a Luol Deng can spot at power forward. Uh, I'm not trying to say TJ Warren and Luol Deng are the same player because they're not, but um, you you can do an undersized guy who's really not a power guy um in or jared dudley for that matter in a power forward spot and get away with it but you have to be pretty savvy to get away with it and i think jared dudley is a lot more savvy than a tj warren is for example in terms of being uh limited defensively and and rebounding wise so yeah i can see uh tj uh warren actually playing some power forward with with the three guards and it could be a fun to watch lineup in, in a big comeback moment or something like that. But I don't see it as a 20 plus minute a game uh, rotation. Oh no, definitely. It's at least Watson has shown in the preseason that he is going to look for those like five to six minute stretches where he can maximize 
the potential of like the offense, for example. PJ isn't the type of guy, uh, PJ Tucker, that is. I know saying TJ and PJ back and forth is going to confuse a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. like we just tried to navigate a second ago. PJ Tucker isn't the guy that should go to the bench, I think, if anyone's going to. Because remember, PJ Tucker has missed eight games in his past four seasons with the Phoenix Suns. He has been the most consistent part of this team since he really, I mean, got signed as an uh, as a really a training camp invite, right? Was he back in the summer league days a couple of years oh, ago? Four or yeah, five years he, ago? he he didn't. He got a training camp in, camp invite, and then he earned himself a, uh, a rotation. No, uh, sorry, a roster spot. And I still remember sitting in an early season uh, pregame session with with Alvin Gentry, and Gentry openly saying, you know, he didn't really think Tucker could earn minutes on that uh, regular minutes on, but he would be surprised. He would be pleasantly surprised if he could. And then a month later. Uh, he's like, I can't get PJ Tucker out of the lineup. Yeah. So uh, he even started Alvin, his first season, year, it's like, by the way. He started forty-five. You, games you can't year. force him out, right? Exactly. No, yeah, you can't. I don't think you can take him out of this team. He's the heart and soul of this team. If there's one guy that could look to get a bench roll from more offense, it would be Dudley. Which is interesting because I feel like Dudley is the far more versatile player than PJ Tucker because. If you're new to the Suns or if you're new to the team this year and haven't really watched much of them in the past, it is always an adventure where you grab hold of anything around you and pray whenever P.J. Tucker dribbles because it is always an adventure. <laughs> he, God bless him because like I, I really do admire that he's been trying to expand his game ever since finding this role, like we've said, such a consistent role with the team. And sometimes he does attack the rim fairly well. But most of the time, especially on like the fast breaking and transition, it often doesn't wind up going well when he dribbles the ball. Dudley is a guy where if he takes a couple of dribbles, looks to pass off to someone to create space. He can do that. And then I, I don't think he's going to be able to back down people in the post by any means, but he does have experience of doing that in college. He was a big power forward in college. I remember that at Boston College. But it's it's something where they're yeah. going to need to find Yeah, he offense. definitely was when he had his dreadlocks and, and yeah. a lot more uh, uh, baby fat on him. Playing with Craig Smith and Tyrese Rice. Shout out to those Boston College teams. They were dope. Uh, anyway, maybe they look to Marquise Chris or Dragon Bender, more so Chris, though, to find more offense, Dave. Uh, Chris can definitely provide more offense. Uh, man, I've been every uh, week that goes by, and it's been frustrating. There's only been one game in the past week, by the way. But uh, every, every week that goes by, I've been more and more impressed with the range of offensive weapons that Marquise Chris seems to have. Uh, it, he's got he's got turnarounds. He's got mid range. He's got he can step in from inside the three point line, outside the three point line, and of course his finishes around the rim and his ability to change uh, hands and change uh, direction and move the ball in the air after he's already started jumping is not as common, uh, not as easy to do as you might think. Uh, there's so many players that once they leave the ground, the ball is where the ball is going to be, and that's why guys can block it. And Chris is going to get blocked, oh, for sure, because he doesn't anticipate how good the shot blockers are in the NBA. But, man, he's got, like, and I hate to use the Amari comparison because uh, there is very, very few guys who could uh, pull off an Amari comparison. And Marquise yeah. Chris is way too young even. He's younger than Amari ever was. But having said that, the kind of things that, that uh, Marquise Chris can bring to the Suns' offense, which is finishing around the rim, being creative around the rim, and having a high – rate of of you know getting his shot contested and still finishing and getting the end one 
I think it is going to be something we haven't seen since Amari left. And uh, so I definitely think Marquise Chris is going to earn a bunch of minutes this year, even if he is entirely uh, inconsistent on defense and rebounding. The one thing we're overlooking here completely, I think, is defense. Because if everyone wants to mention, like, Chris should start opening night or TJ Warren should start opening night, the first step for this team is to have a competent defense. And that happens with Tucker and Dudley starting. I think from that point on... Or at least playing the biggest minutes. Yes. You don't have to have them actually in the starting lineup. They just have to be... If you want a decent defense, you got to play them 25-plus minutes a game. I think you establish that, though, with them in the starting lineup. I am a fan of the uh, theory... Not even a theory, really. It's just that playing the most minutes, not starting, is the more important thing. But at the same time, like establishing that defense from the get-go, I think that happens with those guys in the starting lineup. And from there, that's when you can address, okay, we probably need a little bit more offense. Let's try TJ starting, or let's try TJ playing, say, like 28 to 32 minutes off the bench, whereas PJ is only in there for like 18 to 24 minute stretches or whatever. And it's just going to have to come from that group because PJ, Tucker, and Tyson Chandler are the, the heart and soul of this team without a doubt. And if we get the Eric Bledsoe, Eric Bledsoe sort of an enigma when it comes to defense. When his effort is fully there and he's fully engaged, he's one of the best uh, guard defenders in the league at really either position because he's so bulky. But when he's not engaged, he turns into an average to below average defender quickly, which is why I think there's such a wide spectrum on the debate of how good a defender he really is. Do you think you can have a top 15 defense with Bledsoe and Booker in the starting lineup? That's a good question, and I really, and I wrote about this over the summer too, and I still, I still am fairly confident in it. Um, in that, if you really want to maximize Devin Booker's impact on the game, you bookend him with uh, Eric Bledsoe on one side and PJ Tucker on the other for most of your minutes. Mm-hmm. But if he's got to share the court most of his minutes with TJ Warren, unless Warren really steps up his defensive game and completely changes his mindset on that end of the floor permanently, uh, I think Booker's impact is going to be minimized because the Suns going to be losing too many games by 10 plus points. And um, uh, Booker's going to become more and more inefficient as he tries to score more and more to try to keep the guys in the game so i i just think if you really want to make booker look as good as possible uh and the guys who like the stats the rpms and stuff like that a player who's surrounded by other good players at you know who can who can help mask their weaknesses make them look a lot better on the bottom line and i I think booker will look a lot better all over the board if he's got bookended uh bledsoe and, and tucker around him i gotta say though looking at the bench uh especially when we're talking about the whole bringing it back to the original topic of Tucker and Dudley starting. I really do like the outlook of the bench if TJ Warren proves to be an average to below average defender and the same goes for Brandon Knight. Then you've got like Knight, Barbosa, Warren, and Len who will do most of what they're asked defensively. And then Chris is the guy that you can afford to be the weakness. You can't have like two of those guys or three of those guys. Like the Houston Rockets are going to be starting James Harden, Ryan Anderson, and Eric Gordon probably. Like that, you can't have that. That's not how you win games at all. But if the Suns just have Marquise Chris, and he has proved to be much better defensively in the preseason than he looked at Washington, but at the same time, he is going to pick up his fouls. He is going to make a lot of mistakes. He is a rookie after all. Like rookies are just going to be bad on defense. That's the way this works. It's not. It's not a overnight sort of scenario. But 
that's a that's an intriguing second. Unless that's scene. your only job. Exactly. Yeah. Like in, like in an Andre Roberson with the Thunder, he was good. He was a good defender as a rookie because that's the only thing he was supposed to do. PJ Tucker, when he came back to the Suns after being overseas, that was the only thing he was supposed to do, even though he wasn't a rookie anymore. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like some guys can do that, but if you're also asked to play a little bit of offense, then no, you're you're not going to focus on defense when you're 19, 20, 21 years old. Uh-huh. Yeah, Ronda Hollis Jefferson and Stanley Johnson, two recent UA alums, come to mind. There you well go, two other of, ones, right? Uh, rookies, mm-hmm. especially Ronda in his rookie year last year in Brooklyn, really established himself on the defensive end. But that's really exciting because even with Dragon, for example, Dragon's a guy you can mix and match and say, okay, we need a little bit more defense. You can add Dragon in, or if there's a little bit more offense you need, okay, here's Marquise Chris. It's I like the mix and match elements of this team when we're talking about this debate of who should be starting at the forward spot because that flexibility is something that you know, this team didn't have last year. That is a great, you know, it's a great point because I just got finished saying rookies are terrible on defense unless that's their only job. Um, and you know what? I really think that does apply uh, to Dragon Bender. Uh-huh. I think Bender feels more comfortable on the on the defensive end. And if he just spends his rookie year focusing on filling in gaps with his length and his ability to slide laterally and, and weak side block shots and stuff like that. If he can do with that and stay on that and scoring is just a plus um, uh, when it happens, then I think Bender can have a very impactful rookie season without touching the stat sheet hardly at all. And that's really what I think Watson is a little bit excited about is that while you've got Chris who stuffs the stat sheet, but can be really inconsistent on the defensive end, uh, if, if he's paired up with a Bender in the same lineup, Bender can cover for a lot of other people's mistakes defensively without having to, um, you know, feel like he has got to fill up, you know, his his shots and his assists and his rebounds on the stat sheet. Yeah, the best case scenario for a Dragon Bender game in his rookie year is something like eight points, where he makes both of his open threes. He grabs six rebounds. He has three steals, <laughs> three blocks, four assists, and it's like. He's never going to have, like, I don't think this year, at least he's never going to have, like, a 15-plus point game or anything, the way he looked on offense. But he can impact the game in so many different ways, especially as just that supportive elite role player type potential guy that I've talked about in the past. But that's going to do it for us here. We are approaching uh, our 15- to 20-minute here little window. We are going to have more for you tomorrow with Dave King as well, and then Eddie will be back on Monday. And we will see you guys then. Goodbye. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.